Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. We are in a series on the Psalms called Soundtrack of the Soul. And a couple of weeks ago, Nick was talking to us about the 150 Psalms, which sit right in the middle of our Bibles. And they are kind of a soundtrack to the ancient world. They're what Jesus himself, like immersed himself in. At key moments in his ministry, these Psalms just poured out of him. They were what kept him connected to his father, and they were what kept his eyes on the goal. So as we start, I'd love to ask you this morning, I'm asking you online as well, what is connecting you to the Father today? What is keeping your eye on the goal? You know, what are you holding on to today? It can be pretty hard at this time of the year, can't it, to keep holding on, just keep going. We all get pretty exhausted by the summer. What are you holding on to? And if the Psalms as a whole are like this soundtrack to a a film or something, then the Psalm we're going to look at today, Psalm 121, sits in like a mini playlist of 15 Psalms, Psalms 120 to 134, and they are called the Psalms of Ascent. And they're called that because they were what the Jewish people used to sing and worship with as they made their way up to Jerusalem, up to the temple regularly for annual feast days. They did it a few times each year. And they used these uh, psalms to sting as they went to bring them encouragement. You know, these 15 psalms are a little bit like a playlist for a car journey. And I don't know if uh, you've been on any long car journeys with family, with friends. It can be particularly painful when you have very small children and you're going on a long car journey. But it might be that you have favorite songs that you listen to, or maybe uh, a CD. Actually, do people still have CDs in their car? I don't know. We have a tape player in our car still. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. These 15 Psalms are like this playlist for a car journey. And uh, Nick, my husband and I, and our kids, we've got a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old. And we have just been on a long car journey because we have been on holiday. Yes, finally, it's been so great. And we went to the Alps in France, which is fantastic. But it is a long car journey. It's about 12 hours in the car together. You can imagine what that's like. Nick and I, two teenagers, 12 hours in a small metal box. Anyway, Nick had this great idea that as we got going, we should put a playlist together that we would kind of all chuck songs in, that we'd gather them together, and we would kind of put put it on shuffle, that we'd have this eclectic mix of music to enjoy that we'd each contributed to. And Jojo, my 15-year-old sitting in the back, very kindly offered to put this playlist together for us. I love the fact some people are giggling already at that. (laughs) So basically, we sat there for quite some time and we threw out all our favorite songs. And to be honest, we probably had enough songs for about 12 days rather than 12 hours. But finally, this playlist, this car journey playlist was together and we hit play for the first song. And it was Boys Don't Cry by The Cure. Some of you will remember that 80s classic, great track. Jojo, this is your song that you chose, isn't it? Awesome, I love this song, it's really great. Second song comes on. It's a band called 21 Pilots. Jojo, didn't you choose this one as well? Great, brilliant. Third song comes on. Post Malone. Jojo, this is yours as well, right? Yeah. Fourth song. Well, you get the picture. (laughs) Song after song. We got to about song 12, and we had Harry Styles, which was Gracie's choice. 
because Jojo liked it. <laughs> so that was our car playlist. It was eclectic, to be fair. <laughs> so these Psalms, I love to think of them as these Jewish families traveling up to the 15 steps for, of the temple in Jerusalem, having the, hey, I want Psalm 128. No, I want Psalm 120. No, come on, let's do 130. And then someone going, no, we are having Psalm 121. That is the one I love. We are doing that one again. So that is what we're going to do right now. Here are the lyrics. You can open it up in your Bible, switch it on on your phone, Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord's your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. What a fantastic psalm. I look around me. Where do I find my help? It's in God, the maker of the heaven and earth, and he has got me. You know, the mountains might be great, but I've got help from the maker of the mountains. He's my mountain rescue. I'd love to show you this picture, uh, and it's of where we've just been on holiday. Now, <clears throat> I don't show you this to make you jealous. Yeah, I do, actually. That's fine. <clears throat> This is taken from where we were staying in the Alps, and it's this little spot, this room, it's through the window, if you can see that. And it's where I sat every morning to have my quiet time, my prayer time with the Lord, looking out on that view. I mean, it is unbelievable, isn't it? Is there anything that could look more inspiring, more reliable, more trustworthy, more solid, more historic, more majestic than the mountains? You know, I'm aware that when we talk in churches, quite often we talk about mountains as things we need to get over. The God moves mountains. It's an obstacle, it needs to be flattened. We need to kind of get through it. But I need you to see that in this psalm, the psalmist is talking about mountains in a really different way because he's talking about them as something he's been able to see around him as he journeys. So Jerusalem is surrounded by these mountains and they would travel through them. And they were there, they'd been there time immemorial. You know, they traveled through them. It looked like these mountains were protecting, defending Jerusalem. They were strong, they were majestic. It was something that he could see. They were a good thing. And I think we all have these sort of mountains in our lives. Things that we turn to for help, for encouragement, things that we rely on to be trustworthy. It might be your family, it might be close friends, it might be the church here. It might even be yourself. You might think, yeah, I'm a capable person. I'm self-sufficient. I can, I can cope with this. I've got this. But the psalm today is reminding us that nothing, not even those good things in our lives are as strong and reliable as God is. Where does my help come from? It's not from the mountains that I can see in my life. It's from the maker of the mountains. It's a bit like us saying, look up. What can you see? You can see Gastreet Church. 
You know, it is amazing. What a fantastic place to be. You know, there's brilliant musicians, fantastic welcome, just wonderful, wonderful people who are prayers, who are incredible. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's not even about Gas Street. It's about God. It's about Jesus. We don't worship this. We worship the maker of this. We worship the God who called Tim and Rach to come here to start this church. We worship the God who provided this very building. We worship the God who is growing us as a church family, who's welcoming us in, who's molding and shaping us and using us as a tool to bless others. We don't worship the creation, we worship the creator. We look up to him. You know, I had a teacher in um, college who was a very sort of arty, floaty type. And this was in London. And he used to say, when you walk around the city, look up, look up. You will miss out if you don't look up. But I got what he meant, because if you walk around London, very often people walk with their eyes down. You know, you notice that, particularly people on phones. But you do miss out. If you look up, you see some incredible things. You see kind of crazy chimney pots and windows and people up there looking out the window and the clouds and all the rest of it. It's a whole different world up there. In fact, have you ever looked up in here? Have you ever seen this iron ceiling? Have you ever appreciated that before? Guys online, I don't know if you can see this. I've made it really, really difficult for the camera, guys. Anyway, you're going to have to believe me. There is some amazing ironwork up here. And you probably know that this building is about 200 years old. It was made for, uh, to make the, the gas for the very first street lamps in this city. But did you know that this iron trusswork ceiling is the very first example of a fireproofed ceiling in existence? There you go, didn't know that. This is of international importance, guys. In fact, we sometimes have visitors going, can I come and look at your roof? Yes, you can, come in and see, it's of international importance. There you go, if you hadn't looked up, you wouldn't have noticed that today, would you? Seen something new already. So in the first two verses of our psalm, we are being reminded, look up, see the creator, see the maker. But for the rest of the whole psalm, we are being reminded that it's not some kind of far off, distant maker, distant creator, but this maker of heaven and earth is paying attention to you. He's paying attention to you. Because three quarters of the psalm, from verses three through to verses eight, use this word shamar. It's a Hebrew word. He uses it six times, and it means preserve or keep. Here it's translated mostly watches over. The maker of the universe is watching over you. Now, I sometimes accuse my husband, Nick, of not paying attention to me. I know that would surprise lots of you. I say to him, you weren't listening. What did I just say? And there's almost invariably a little pause. And I can kind of see the tape rewinding in his head. And then he says exactly what I have just said to him. so annoying. You might have heard, but you weren't really listening. You weren't listening. Because it's the cry of our hearts to be heard. It's the cry of our hearts to be heard. You know, it's been said that paying attention to someone is the foundation of love. It's the absolute foundation of love. And what an incredible reminder in this psalm today that the maker of heaven and earth is paying attention to you. You know, however good your family, friends, spouse are at kind of paying attention to you, they have got nothing on God. You know, he doesn't even sleep. He is paying attention to you 24-7. So do you feel loved and heard today? 
because this psalm is promising that truth over you. It might even be that is all you need to hear today, that you are loved and that you are heard because we need all the encouragement we can get just to keep going, to keep holding on. And the psalmist isn't ignorant of the dangers that we face along the way. He knew because he'd done the journey. You know, when you're walking in the mountains, there are some pretty obvious dangers. I'm just gonna whiz through these. I'm gonna leave the spiritual implications to you because I can see that you're a bright bunch. Verse three, you know, you can stumble and fall easily. Yeah, it's easy to slip when you're on a journey in the mountains. Verse four, if you sleep, you're gonna be vulnerable. You're gonna be vulnerable to wild animals, to other people. Verse five and six, if you lack shade or shelter, it could get dangerous. And we all experienced that quite recently, a couple of weeks ago, the recent uh, heat wave. 38 degrees in Birmingham, it was hot. You know, I think we all got a little bit overdramatic about it. Uh, Nick and I and the kids were actually on our holiday when the heat wave happened here. But I was ringing my parents going, you've got a cellar, get down in the cellar, don't go out. It got very, very overdramatic. But you didn't want to go out without shade, without sun cream, without a cool drink, without your sunglasses, a whole bunch of stuff. We know what it means to need shade. In fact, um, Nick and I were in France uh, during the heat wave, but while you had the heat wave here, I don't like to boast, but it was 41 degrees where we were. Uh, it was really, really hot. And actually on that hot day, it was Nick's birthday. And so we had gone to wander around this lovely town in 41 degree heat. It's a terrible idea. Basically through the day, one of us had a nosebleed, one of us had a terrible headache, someone else nearly fainted. It was very, you know, all very dramatic and Herbert-like. And uh, we decided in the middle of the day, what are we gonna do for his birthday? We need to celebrate. Let's go for a meal, celebration meal in this heat. We can't wander around any longer. So we found this slightly random little restaurant and it had a garden in it. So we went in there and it did have a shade over us, which was very fortunate. And we sat down and I have to say, um, that we as a family are not very good at French, which can be a little bit challenging when ordering food. But we had seen as we walked through, this family was eating really nice. One of them had a big juicy steak and some chips, some steak frites, steak frites that they were eating. And that was what Nick absolutely loved. He was like, yes, my birthday meal is gonna be this steak. This is gonna be great. So we sat down. The waitress came over, brought the menu to us, and uh, it was slightly difficult to understand, but we kind of identified the thing we thought was this juicy steak and uh, tried to order it. As we ordered, it, there was this slightly odd thing where it turned out you had to share with someone else. You couldn't order it for yourself, it was for two people. Okay, we're in France, that's how it rolls here. So uh, we tried to order in my terrible French, I've got GCSE French some time ago, uh, but tried to order this food and, and the woman did that slightly kind of French smirky smile thing at the English people. And then as she walked off, just over her shoulder, she went, very hot for that, and walked off. So, what, okay, it's hot for steak, should we have ordered salad, I, I don't know, fair enough. So we sat back and waited for our food to arrive. Well, the next thing that happened, she brought out a table and she put it next to Nick and Gracie who were gonna share this meal. And a couple of minutes after that, she comes out carrying what I can only describe as an iron oven. I've got a picture of it here. 
It's some kind of iron oven barbecue thing. And she struggles and she puts it right next to Nick and Gracie. It is 41 degrees heat where we are sitting. They are now sitting next to an oven, which is blasting heat out at them. And then not only did they not bring a fat, juicy steak, she came out with a plate of tiny little scraps of raw meat and put it in front of them. Now, of course, the idea is that you spear the meat and you cook it for yourself. And on a snowy alpine night with some friends, this would be just a brilliant idea. <laughs> In a July heat wave, when you've got your heart set on a big juicy steak, it is less than ideal. And uh, I have to say, I've cut Nick's face out of this because you probably didn't want to see his expression. <laughs> we really, really needed to know the shade at that moment because it's dangerous when we don't have it. And just back to the passage, we come to verses seven and eight with this beautiful promise, the Lord will keep you from all harm. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He'll watch over your life. Such a beautiful promise. But I'm one of the pastors here at Gas Street and part of what I do is have conversations with you spoken to lots of you about lots of things. And you know what? Sometimes it doesn't seem like God is keeping you from all harm. Sometimes in those conversations, it doesn't seem like that at all. That is your experience. What if you're suffering with ill health when you lose a beloved one? Relational breakdown, financial crisis. I know from my own experience, it doesn't feel sometimes like God is keeping me from all harm. You know, I oversee our church planting here and we've sent out some amazing church plants over the last few years. And in January, we sent out Trev and Kat Mearden. And you think church planters, surely God keeps them from all harm as they step into kind of the new thing of taking the gospel out to new contexts, new places. And we commissioned them. Some of you were probably here on a Sunday in January. Uh, their whole family was here. And on the Tuesday, they came to a final staff meeting with us. And that Tuesday afternoon, their son, Micah, broke his leg, his femur, really seriously in a completely freak football accident. They landed in hospital for days. There was pain and anxiety and stress and difficulty and questioning. How is that keeping them from all harm? What does that mean then? Does, has God stopped paying attention to us? Has he turned away? Actually, maybe he has had a little sleep. Or is this psalm just engaging in some kind of wishful thinking? Ah, oh, just, you know, stick your head in the sand. Be fine, keep calm, carry on, it'll all be well, don't worry about it, it's all fine, let's just kind of pretend this is fairyland, all is well. Well, the truth is Psalm 121 isn't just naive. It's not, not saying, it'll all be fine. Because many of these psalms were written while the Hebrew people were in exile. They were refugees. They for sure knew that life was not perfect. It was not easy. They knew exactly what it meant to struggle, to have difficulties, to know loss. In a verse seven, the word harm doesn't actually mean hurtful things. It means evil. It means the hurt behind the harm, the cause of the darkness. It means the part that we could not deal with ourselves. You see, this psalm is prophetic. It's speaking out the truth 
of what is to come, of who is to come, who can deal with the evil, who could bring the rescue, who could bring the victory on the cross that Jesus would claim because he would open the way to the Father, who would make a way to connect us once again so that we might be able to hold on and the Father would never let go. Romans 8 has this fantastic verse, for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. There's a beautiful story about an old Christian man who is just a faithful man. He used to read his Bible day in, day out. And when he died, they found his Bible. And when they looked through it, they found that there was this one word written on page after page. And it was the word proved. Proved. And as he'd read about countless promises in the Bible and then experienced them in his own life, he'd written this word next to it, proved. The Lord will keep you from all harm. The Lord will watch over your life, proved. You know, trying to find security in something other than God, in our family, in our friends, in ourselves, is ultimately going to leave us insecure. It's going to leave us with kind of varying degrees of success, trying to control our circumstances around us. Just think about the slogan that swung Brexit, take back control. When you feel insecure, you try to control. And I like to think that I'm not a particularly controlling person, but I do like to reload the dishwasher. (laughs) Does anyone else do that? Anyone else reload the dishwasher? Tim. Brilliant. Guys, if you don't put the bowls in the right order and the spoons correctly, they will not clean properly. You will have to do it again. It's very inefficient. What is wrong with you people? Reload the dishwasher. Always, always. You know, in a world that feels insecure, we try to control our circumstances. And placing security in something other than God is a bad idea. In fact, it was kind of Israel's original sin. Because if you remember Moses going up to the mountain to collect the Ten Commandments, God has just shown them this unbelievable miracle of bringing them through the Red Sea, of uh, freeing them from Pharaoh. It's incredible. He has been their mountain rescue. But when Moses comes back down, what does he find? He finds the people and Aaron looking for their security elsewhere by creating this idol, this Baal. They've made this idol of a bull and they were standing around and worshiping it. I mean, who can imagine a group of people standing around a giant bull in awe? I mean, it would never happen now, right? That's my mum and dad, by the way. They look very happy worshipping Baal, don't they? It's great. (laughs) Who's seen it? Who's gone to see it? it? I mean, it is incredible. What a time to be in Birmingham. Absolutely brilliant. So the Israelites tried to rely on themselves rather than on God, but it was nothing to when they asked the prophet Samuel for a king. You know, that might seem fine. Sure, you need someone to lead you. You need a king. But there were two problems with that. Firstly, they wanted a human king, but God was meant to be their king. God was meant to be their king. And secondly, the reason that they wanted a king was so that they could be just like the other nations around them. 
but they were meant to be set apart. They were meant to be different. They were meant to fully rely on God. They were meant to rely on him. You know, they asked where their help came from and they lowered their eyes again and they relied on the mountain or they tried to. But you know, while the mountains look strong and majestic, even mountains can crumble, even glaciers thousands of years old can melt. Have a look at this uh, picture. It's a, uh, it's a mountain lodge and it's set at the top of one of the world's largest ski resorts and it's in Italy, or at least it used to be. You see, the glacier under it has been melting faster than anyone thought was possible. It's melted so fast that it's changed the boundaries of the country. This chalet is now two-thirds in Switzerland. It's literally underfoot, it's been moved. What looked immovable, which, what looked strong couldn't be changed, has been moved. You know, after the, over the last few years, there's been so many things that have shifted underfoot for us. I'm not gonna go into them, but of course, you know, the pandemic has changed how we see our everyday lives. You know, the, the need for food banks up and down the UK, it would have been unthinkable a few years ago to have that need in this country. What we're doing here with Love Your Neighbour and the CAP Debt Centre are fantastic. Get involved, support if you can. But it would have been unthinkable to need it a few years ago. And of course, the climate catastrophe that's going on where mountains literally are shifting and changing underfoot. And that is why this psalm, Psalm 121, is so absolutely crucial. Because nothing, nothing can be relied on as fully as our amazing, loving, eternal Father who proves it again and again. A couple of weeks back, uh, Nick showed us a picture of a, a dodgy 90s, 80s, 90s wristband, WWJD. I don't know if you remember that. This was one around about the same time. <laughs> I thought I had to show you this. Does anyone remember what it means? Fully rely on God. Again, dodgy wristband. Again, brilliant brilliant advice. Fully rely on God. It's what Psalm 121 is reminding us. And I'll just finish with this. There's a group of scientists who were exploring the Alps and they were looking for a rare flower. There was this species that they were after. And one day, through some binoculars, they spotted a, a, a specimen that was just so beautiful, so rare, that it was going to be invaluable to science. The problem being, it was over a deep ravine. There was no way that they could reach it without lowering someone over on a rope to go and get it. And there'd been a, a little mountain boy who'd been following them around over the last few days as they kind of explored and were looking. And they approached him and they said, if we pay you really well, can we tie you to this rope and lower you over the ravine so you can get this flower for us? And he thought about it for a moment and he said, I'll be back in a minute. And he walked off. So they waited for a bit. And in a little while, he returned. And he had with him an older gray-haired man and he said to them, I'll go over the cliff. I'll go and get the flower for you. If that man holds the rope, he's my dad. His confidence 
his security, his help was completely in his experience of his father. He knew that his dad would never let go of the rope. He would never let go of the rope. Johnny, can you just grab the other end of that for a moment? You've been sailing a bit recently, you know how to catch a rope. (laughs) Psalm 121 reminds us that God will never let go of the rope. You know, what's your prayer today? Don't let go of the rope. He's not gonna let go of it. The only person who can let go of it is you. What are you anxious about today? Don't let go of the rope. Where do you need guidance? Don't let go of the rope. Where are you feeling discouraged right now? Don't let go of the rope. How are you going to hold on? You can read the Psalms. That's what Jesus did. Get them inside you. You could stick some worship on over breakfast. Start the day right. Start the day with Jesus. Pay attention to him. He's paying attention to you. You know, take communion together. We're going to do that in just a moment. Do what you can to hold on to the rope because I promise you, and Psalm 121 promises you too, he will never let go of the rope. Why don't we stand together? Nick's going to come up and lead us in communion in a moment, but why don't we just take that moment to be reminded? You might want to close your eyes, hold out your hands, Remind yourself that the Lord is paying attention to you right now. What do you need to say to him? What's your prayer? He's your mountain rescue and he's right there. So Holy Spirit, would you come? We're doing what we can to hold on to the rope. Would you let us know your presence now? Fill us again, we pray. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website gastric.org or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church.